in three, two, one. Today's marketplace can be challenging for all kinds of reasons, and entrepreneurs and business professionals need to stay focused and engaged. If you're looking to not only grow your business, but to reclaim more of your time, passion, and find spicy, savory satisfaction in all that you do, then you're going to enjoy my conversation with award-winning consultant and catalytic growth specialist, Connie Capiotis. Well, hey, Connie, welcome to the program. We're glad to have you. Hey, thanks so much. I'm so grateful to be here. Nice to meet you and be here with you today. Nice to meet you too. And thanks for making time for us. Now, where are we talking to you from today? I'm in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Oh, good, good town. Now you're Philly. You grew up in the Philadelphia region, though, if I recall I did. right. Another yeah, good sports I, town. Very big sports town, although Pittsburgh definitely rivals them in the passion for the sports. I think Philadelphia fans may get just a touch rowdier when properly motivated. Well, I was kind of hoping for them during the Super Bowl. So maybe we'll cross <laughs> our fingers for next year. So I know they work hard. Hey, well, we're glad to have you here. You are a social impact entrepreneur and a winning business consultant, educator, and speaker. And you help your clients with their skills or strategy, and you support their economic mobility and personal satisfaction with what they do. So we've got lots to unpack, lots to talk to you about today. But before we get there, let's give a little background for our listeners. How did Connie get to be where she is today? So my background, I've always been one of those people that was pretty ambitious. So in college, I worked in banking and I was the kid in class with a full business suit on getting ready to go to the bank after class. I worked my early career in business development and marketing, really learned by working with both large businesses and in corporate. And then I found my passion with small and mid-sized companies. I really love the scrappiness right. of those organizations and that growth trajectory. Did that for quite a few years. I've always done consulting and I've added the coaching to it because I've really found that that is what really helps catalyze a lot of the actual progress that happens in the consulting world is that coaching side. And then in 2017, I was at a place in my life where I was basically disillusioned with everything systematic in this country. Right. Um, <laughs> there's lots. Yeah, we could. There's there a whole share yeah, on that one. Yeah. We could do a whole day on that. And I really decided that I needed more of a mission. It was fine helping people do businesses. I love doing that, but I needed a way to help people more directly. And that was when I founded Digital Bridges, which is the nonprofit arm of my work. And that's where we focus on teaching folks those digital readiness, entrepreneurship, and social emotional learning skills that really catapult them into being economically mobile and self-fulfilled and all of those good things. Well, it's a good program. And then you created another program, and it's a coaching program, Full Flavor Leadership. Yes. How, how did that come to be? Full Flavor Leadership is really the most recent iteration of my consulting and my coaching business. And we really sat down and thought hard about what is the point of all this? We really dug into my why. Yes, everybody wants to make money. Everybody wants to be of impact. But why? My why comes down to because it's fun. Because it's fun to do big things, because it's fun to watch people grow before my eyes, because it's fun to help people and to be that support system for people that helps to really catalyze their results. And we really dug into, okay, so we have so much fun with this. 
that's where that full flavor really comes from. I'm not the type of person to sit back and watch life pass me by. I am all about living big or living what is big for you. What makes you content? That doesn't necessarily have to mean you have to be like me with the big personality, but it's a big personality thing to even choose a quiet path because that's what is fitting for you. So that is what we really do is guide people to what those resources are that you need. What is the strategy that you're going to take? Strategy is really just your actions. What actions are you willing to take? And then how can we help you as you go across this journey? Well, you make a good point. Once you find your purpose, your why, it makes the whole thing worthwhile. And it's important for entrepreneurs or people with side gigs or businesses listening to us to understand why are we doing this? Even if you ask people within organizations, what is it you do? you'll get a vast array of different answers and they don't always know, well, we do this or we sell insurance. And it's like, no, that's not what you do. That's your product, but that's not what we do. And what I really liked about when we were doing some research on you is the terminology you use. You, You help businesses grow, you help them with what they're missing, help them close the gaps between where they are and where they want to be, but you help them find spicy, savory satisfaction in all that they do. And I'm one for spicy and satisfaction so and savory. So to me, I thought, you know what? That sums it up perfectly. When business is fun, it's not work. And if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. And we've heard that. I've always worked for myself, so I've never had a paycheck. And so people ask me all the time, well, when you work and when you're going to quit, when you retire, I have no desire to retire. It's not even in my playbook. When you retire, you die. And I work for some insurance companies and the average executive, according to the actuaries, is dead like 36 months after retirement. Big moral of the story is don't retire. And so you help people build businesses that they can enjoy, that they can love and have balance in their work. So it's not just 60, 70 hours a week and we're doing it. How did you get to that point? Life is just too short. Sitting in a cubicle was never necessarily for me. I've always had the big personality and I've always wanted to do big things. And I translated that into helping others realize what their dreams are. Corporate is a great fit for some people. Even working in a store may be a good fit for you. If that enables you to live a flexible life that you can get your kids off the school bus or something along those lines, and your why is to provide the best possible relationship for your kids while they're little, that's a perfectly acceptable why too. We can find purpose and value in any work. What really drives personal satisfaction, personal fulfillment is identifying what it is that really matters to you and then aligning those actions along with it. It's not about the work. It's about what is going to really flow for you and fulfill you and then finding the path. Aligning actions with what it is for you. And each one's going to be different for each of us. Your motto in life anyway is to live with zest and intention. So are you naturally zesty or is this something that you've developed? Always. Always I'm always in the firecracker. I mean, every report card ever said Connie was talking in class. If we were still getting report cards, every report card would still say that. I've always been that kind of personality. I've also always been the type of person that wants to bring people together and support them. So for me, this comes very, very naturally. And what my goal is, is to bring out the natural beauty of everyone. Like I said, not everybody has to have the big, loud personality that I have. But if what you are is a nurturer, or if what you are is a numbers person, and you really love working with those spreadsheets and making sure that 
all the I's are dotted, all the T's are crossed. More power to you. Not everybody can be like me. I love those people. Yeah. Oh, me too. (laughs) Me too. They keep me alive. Trust me. It's about complementing your skill set. I never want to hire somebody that is exactly like me. I want to hire and work with people that complement and support and bring actual added value to whatever it is that we're working on. And that's what I instill in everybody I work with, whether it's a one-on-one client, whether it's a team that I'm working with in a larger organization or my students when I'm working out in the community. Love that. And I really like the name, what you call your full flavor leadership. Great name. That coaching program, who is the best fit for that? program? That is for really any professional. We do talk a lot about business development, but we talk about it from a view of visibility. So marketing through a lens of visibility, because these days marketing is about visibility. Yeah. So these are programs that are applicable to anyone that's looking to grow in their profession, in their career, or find more satisfaction in what they do. I've even had a couple of moms come through who were looking to just add more of that satisfaction into their world as they were taking care of their kids. Just because it's not an employment situation doesn't mean it's not a growth situation. So anybody that is really seeking to better themselves and take steps forward, it really does apply to them, which sounds very anti-niche, which in a way it really is. And that's the beauty of the curriculum that I've put together is you can apply it to your work. You can also apply it to your personal life and personal accomplishments. And the same principles apply to both. So somebody enters the coaching program and they go through your process. And I know there's a timeframes to this. What can they expect as outcomes? What kind of outcomes are you seeing? We see a lot of outcomes in terms of personal growth and finding direction. For example, one of my clients a year ago came to me and literally the first words out of her mouth is everything is awful and it all sucks. We've been working together for a year and this, this wonderful woman is transitioning through a divorce. She's moving through it with more grace and confidence. She is growing her business at a rate where we're now having to talk about her bringing on additional help to assist with the volume of client work that she's generating. And she's no longer jumping on calls saying everything is awful. She's jumping on calls and we're tweaking what's going on in her world. And she is seeing the progress that she's making. She's feeling better about the process. And that's enabling her with the support to really move forward on her path and make those measurable changes. Well, it sounds like you're working on mindset. And when you focus on the mindset, they get the right mindset going. They can really tackle any challenge. It's skills, strategy, and support. So what do you need to know? What do you need to do? Or really, what are you willing to do? Because there's a difference between what you need to do and what you're willing to do are two very different conversations. And then the support to get you there. Those are the three pillars that we work on. Skills, strategy, and support. Yeah, and I love that. you got to be willing to do it. Now, you're not one for glossing things over. So how do you get business (laughs) owners to to be honest about what's not working in their business processes? We have those real conversations. You know what I mean? It's great. We can talk all day about the good stuff and we address those first. We get pumped up a little bit about what's good. Okay. What's not working. And we talk those through as well. And it's interesting because sometimes those conversations don't even come out until the end. I'll have an entire conversation with somebody in a coaching session. It'll be, this is good. And this is good. And this is good. And then somewhere along the lines, there's a pause. And in that pause, there's Mm -hmm. a little bit of magic. 
Right. And what's on the other side of that pause tends to be what's underneath the good. And when we get to that, we can make that good even better. So a lot of it is listening. A lot of it is guiding you towards your next steps and really just not taking anyone's BS. Like, I'm going to tell you the truth, even if it's not what you want to hear. Probably going to tell you the truth, especially if it's not what you want to hear. I do it with empathy and understanding every Kindness time. Or... It's right. It's not about judgment. No. But I wouldn't be doing you a service and I wouldn't be supporting you if I just said, oh, yeah, everything you're doing is great. Now, I've got to challenge you a little bit to smooth out those rough spots. That's the benefit of having another human being that helps to guide you and nudge you forward on these. Well, we all have blind spots. And like you said, you can then look at that and get that feedback. You're getting good, honest feedback. And that honest feedback is where it really matters. I get to work with CEOs and executives of corporations and they'll ask my opinion. I have no problem giving them my opinion based on what it is. (laughs) And I constantly hear from them. Oh, that's refreshing. Everybody's kissing Mm -hmm. my backside or they're paying me lip service. They tell me what I want to hear. And we see this globally. We see this with political leaders and whatever will tell you what you want to hear, not what's actually going on or what's the truth. And So I think that's critical. That's great insight. This episode is sponsored in part by Rainmaker Digital Solutions, featuring ActiveCampaign. Looking to drive growth with customer experience automation? ActiveCampaign, the number one marketing automation platform for e-commerce, B2C and B2B companies, gives you the email marketing, marketing automation, and CRM tools you need to create incredible customer experiences. ActiveCampaign is the platform we use to reach, nurture, convert, and grow our business, and you can use it to grow yours. You can see why 150,000 plus businesses like yours choose ActiveCampaign to help them grow and become preferred in the markets they serve. You can also start your free trial by visiting our website and clicking on the ActiveCampaign trial link. As a bonus, we'll also give you a digital copy of my book, Becoming Preferred, How to Outsell the Competition. And in the interest of full disclosure, I am a shareholder in the company. And now back to my conversation with Connie Capiotis. Do you see a correlation between someone's personal approach to life and how that approach affects them in their business and how they approach their business? Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, mindset is a lot of it. And then it's that action orientation. You know what I mean? CEOs of big companies are very action oriented people. And sometimes we have to build back in some empathy pieces get away from those transactions and into that transformational leadership style. The difference there is transactional is what have you done for me lately? We're just looking at those numbers. Performance metrics are usually based on a lot of those transactional sort of things. When you're thinking as a transformational leader, you're thinking about the people that are in your care. So the people that are under you as a whole human being. And when we build in those empathy pieces and when we build in the vulnerability into our company cultures, you see much more success than you do when you're just focused on those left side metrics. When you're just looking at what have you done for me lately? What are the numbers? When you foster the whole person, they're truly able to step up to the plate for you. And they're truly able to benefit your business to the best of their ability. So everybody wins when we start to bring some of those elements back into every room, including the boardroom. 
Well, you're bringing in a qualitative aspect to this, not just a quantitative one. But speaking of quantitative, what's the importance of measuring progress and what's the best way we can do that? Measuring progress is, again, it's a right brain, left brain kind of thing. We can look at those metrics. What were the sales last quarter? What were our goals last quarter? Are we even looking at the correct things? Where are we struggling? What numbers need to be boosted? Look at those cold, hard facts. Those are very informative and very important. And then tie them to the actions. What actions did we take? And then looking at what else was going on. You know, did Susan have a baby? How did we handle that? Did Joe need to go out on leave because his dad died? And how did we handle that? Are we functioning as a human team as well as we are as a sales team? So some of those, like you said, qualitative metrics and qualitative observations are, I would almost say more important than the sales metrics, because in my observation, those qualitative supports are the root of what boosts those sales metrics. I can come in and teach you sales and teach you scripts and write scripts and write a sales plan. We can do that in about a day. But creating a culture of empathy, vulnerability, and support, that's going to take your business to the next level. That's transformational leadership. And that requires a certain level of flow. I don't believe in balance. I believe balance is a myth. It requires the ability to live and flow. I never believed in leave your personal life at the door when you come to work. We just don't function that way as human beings. And the businesses are actually doing themselves a disservice with that kind of mindset. Because when you take care of the whole human being, they're better able to perform. And what could have been two weeks out of the office, maybe it's a week out of the office something along those lines. It really does benefit everyone to learn to build in and really pay attention to those qualitative pieces as much as you're looking at those left brain pieces. Yeah, I think you're right. You know, I'm a baby boomer and in our generation, it was you'd left your problems at home. You walked out the front door, you went to work, you did your duty. It was command and control, right? You do this, do this. That was the culture. The culture would show, yeah, exactly. And it's like, get over it, whatever it is, or, Hey, leave your problems at home. It's personal. We have five generations of workers now, as you know, and with each generation that let's call it the evolution of consciousness from the employee level, like the millennials, the Gen Xers, the, every generation has a problem with the other generation. That's just kind of normal, (laughs) or we don't want to be like our parents, but when you grow up, trust me, you're going to be exactly like your parents, you know, when it starts sounding just like your mom or your dad, but it's paying attention to it's being a aware of that. And I love the younger generations because they have a little, to use your term, a more holistic approach to their work and their job. Companies are meeting that requirement. A lot of the pandemic showed us a lot of that. People went for quality of life and went, hey, I want some, not balance, but I want things in my life that are more flowing. I want it to work for me. And we did the same. (laughs) Yeah. And I do. And and I get that when it comes to measuring performance. So in setting goals, a lot of times I think entrepreneurs don't know what to measure. And they don't know what are the important things that are actually going to move the needle, whether it's quantitative or qualitative. Is that something you help people or what do you find that when you meet with organizations or companies or businesses, what do you see most regularly? Yeah, that is always a central part of the conversation. And frankly, it's virtually never the same. If we're talking about sales, we can break that down. Like I said, left brain, it's pretty black and white. We can break that down. But then you've got to think about why you're asking certain questions. Data information, those left brain things are only valuable if you're asking the right questions. 
so sales metrics, what sales are we making? Are we making the right sales? Are we taking the right actions to get to those sales? And from there, it's just a nuanced conversation with every single client. And they all look a little bit different. That's why Full Flavor Leadership as its own program is individualized. It's one-on-one. It's not a, it's not a weekly curriculum. That's the Bold Boss Bootcamp. In Full Flavor Leadership, we're focusing one-on-one on your business, your situation, your team, whatever the case may be, so that we can give it that due focus and that due attention. That's why I broke the programs into both the one-on-one and the group format, because they have different benefits to each. And I really love digging into those conversations where we talk about what's going on in your business and what's going on in your world and the world of those people around you. That's where we really get into the good stuff. That's where we get into the stuff that uncovers where your next steps are going to come from. When people take and follow that process and get involved in your program, what kind of transformations have you seen? The transformations are really, it's so much fun to watch. I literally watch people calm down. I watch people go from being wound up and stressed out and I can't deal with this and I've had enough or I just, I'm not sure what to do to straighten out this situation to, okay, this is manageable, this is doable and I've got the support and the skills that I need to make this happen. It is super fun for me to walk people through that process. And I think that's really one of my superpowers is taking situations or tasks that are big and feel scary. And like, I don't know how I'm going to get through all this complex. Yes. And we, we simplify. Okay. We keep our eye on that end goal, whatever the big vision is. And we simplify and provide support that enables you to get there. Because if you're in a state of panic, or a state of confusion, you're not sure what to do. You're just going to spin your wheels in the mud. It takes that human element of somebody coming up beside you and saying, okay, here's how we're going to break this down. We're going to, how, here's how we're going to evaluate our options. And here's how we're going to implement steps and keep it consistent along the way. That support is what enables you to get through those things my favorite analogy to use is life is like a tornado, right? Those winds of change, they are a blowing. We are all in them. So in those winds of change, in that tornado, what's going to happen? You're going to get hit with some debris, right? Sometimes yeah. it's a, a little leaf to the face. I'm 10 minutes late. I got stuck in traffic. The guy in front of me was driving super slow, whatever the case may be. Those little annoyances day to day that we still have to deal with because even a lot of leaves can be blinding. Yeah. Or two by fours coming your way too. And then you get the refrigerator through your window, (laughs) right? Those are the big life moments. So we're going through a divorce. We've got a new baby. Somebody just died or somebody's sick. Those big profound moments where you really are shook. It's like a refrigerator through your window, right? It's it's a bit of trauma. And whether it's a light leaf to the face that keeps accumulating or those big pieces, we need somebody that can kind of help us clear that debris, that can help us to see our way and hold our hands and get us through to those next steps. That's a great analogy. You're providing clarity through the complexity that people have and when those life events have, when they have those tools, it sounds to me, based on what you're saying, that it will also help us with our resiliency because we have a, let's call it a constitution maybe that we can fall back on, um, our own personal constitution where we look at it and go, this is my road, but this is how I play this game. And sometimes I'm going to be on defense and sometimes on offense. Sometimes I'm going to be in the red zone. Sometimes I'm going to get hammered. All right. But hey, I'm just going to show up again for the next game. 
And it's managing that flow. You know what I mean? It's managing those adjustments to the winds of change that are going to determine that level of resiliency. And the cool thing about resilience is it's like a muscle. You build it. You work it. It's a skill that you can develop over time. We used to think of what we call emotional agility. We used to consider these things like maturity, which there's no such thing. Frankly, no, yeah, some right. of us, some of us are more mature than others. None of us ever really grow up. <laughs> well, I, I'm a good example of that. Those around me will tell you that. We too. really all are when it comes yeah. down to it. Mm-hmm. And when we can acknowledge that humanity, then we can really make progress. This goes for all aspects of life. And, and it's a good point that you make here. And it's one that we should, you know, big asterisks are underlying this thing and a big exclamation mark. When you focus on yourself and your own abilities and on who you are, and put those 10,000 plus hours into your own mastery of handling challenges, operating with calmness through turmoil or turbulence, right? Relaxing a little bit, enjoying the trip. It helps you on all aspects of life. And I've seen it in my own personal life. I've had setbacks that are nasty. I've talked about this on the show during the pandemic. We're professional speakers. If you're like me, all of our gigs just canceled out, right? So say goodbye to yep. your recommend if you're managing a team and I own some stocks and airline stocks and those things went south. It was a very expensive period. And in one week we lost a lot. I cried for a week, like literally, but then it was like, all right, it's a game. And if you think of it like Monopoly, I landed on, went to jail, but sometimes you get free <laughs> parking too. And luck has a lot to do with it, but your resiliency is based on your own personal stamina that you create again, with a lot of the tools that you help entrepreneurs with, because they're going to have the ups and downs. It doesn't matter who they are and what they do. And maybe you'll find a new opportunity altogether because you've taken time in your calmness to actually look at other things and observe other things. Because there's always opportunity, isn't there? Always, always. And one of the things I say a lot is really leadership starts and ends with you. It's about how you lead yourself and how you show up day to day. And everything else is external and virtually irrelevant because when you're promoting your best self, when you're growing and you have a high level of that emotional agility and resilience, the people around you tend to either fall in line in kind and you lead them that way, or they tend to fall by the wayside and they don't keep up or they find their way away, but it all starts and ends with how you lead yourself, how you show up day to day, when you choose to give grace, when you choose to have empathy, how you choose to work with that to breathe. I mean, the pandemic was a giant, massive refrigerator through everyone's window all at one time. And that's something that we haven't seen since the last pandemic is a situation where we're all suddenly plunged into a new and unknown world instantly. So we all have come out of that with a little bit of trauma. But it's also pushed some things forward in a way that I think if we can hold on to it, I think it can really benefit us all. Remote work, that flexibility in the work, employers with a greater understanding that it's, it's really more about your employees than it is about you. And when you make it more about your employees and benefiting them, they'll benefit you even better. As we see that growing, even in the corporate world, which I think is the most resistant to it, Right. You see those outcomes change. 
Yeah. I think that's an important one. And what's nice is when you have the agility of a small mid-sized business versus I liken it to the big battleship, you've got the big enterprise yeah. companies and the big battleship, they hit the brakes. When a big ship or a cruise ship hits the brakes, it's going for another couple of miles yet right. before it can even change direction. And yeah. I think there's strength in being a small mid-sized business where you can bob and weave. You're more like a destroyer. You can change with the times and do whatever and adapt. And the adaptability comes from having your core structure. So it really doesn't matter. The products are going to change. The services are going to change, but your approach to it, your methodology, your processes don't have to. And so what you talk about with the personal leadership, I think is absolutely critical and is work on yourself. You are your own best investment and you're accountable for that. You're accountable to you. And the more things you can learn, the skills you can learn, stay relevant. I once heard uh, saying everybody wants to lose 10 pounds by the end of the year, but no one <laughs> wants to lose one pound per month. So, how, <laughs> right. So how do we start on the baby steps that'll lead us in the right direction instead of expecting an overnight transformation? Yeah, that's a big one that I really love talking about. Everybody wants the butterfly moment, right? You yeah. want to just emerge from the cocoon fully formed and finished and beautiful. And that is just not how it really works. It goes back to skills, strategy, action, and support, that is the process of going through the transformation. When you put those elements in place, you're encouraging that transformation and you're putting the supports in place so that when you inevitably backslide, instead of say binging for a week and a half, if you've got the support in place where you've got a human that is checking in on you and you're working with a coach and they're supporting you in that way, instead of binging for a week, maybe you had one day and you bring yourself right back. That's resiliency. So that's one way that we build that resiliency. The other and, way- And accountability. Build, You've got accountability yeah. in there too, which is your support, part of your yeah. support chain. Yeah. And it needs to be human. That is one of the things that I've really found. Like, look, we all suck at willpower, bottom line. We all have different levels of willpower. Willpower can get us very far, but athletes have coaches. Everybody that achieves greatness works with others. We're not meant to just be the kayak as opposed to the battleship. It's a slightly different management style when you're in the kayak and you've got all that freedom. When you're on the battleship though, you've got to lead from within even more because a lot of that's out of your control because it does take miles to turn the ship. So right. when it takes miles to turn the ship, you've got to be able to internally manage those changes as well. So that all really rolls together. And it's about taking that time. It's skills, it's strategy, action, and yeah. support, which really needs to be a human element involved with that as well. Yeah. The key is don't be a lone ranger. You can't do it yourself. I run into you entrepreneurs. Could, you would. Exactly. And, and you run into this, I'm sure. People say, oh, I can do it myself. My business is unique. It's different. It's really not. You're dealing with people. The processes are the same. It's the same. 30 years I've been doing this and I've not seen this. I've not seen anything that really that unique. The products and services change. Do you think people spend too much time and energy focused on making money rather than making an impact? Yeah. The money is the end result. Yeah. When you're thinking more about those strategies, those steps, the actions that you're taking, the money will follow. When you're looking at what your day-to-day -day is, the money will follow. The money is just one metric. It's just an outcome. You don't just plunk, get to the money. You've got to have smart steps along the way, smart actions along the way that get you to the money. This may be an unpopular opinion, but my financial metrics, my financial goals are the least of my worries. Why? Because I want to blow past them. I want to be focused on the steps that I'm taking so that that goal that I set is irrelevant 
because my actions and my steps are effective and they're going to take me beyond that. So they're just a piece. They're just one tiny little snippet of what I look at. I'm more concerned about, are you marketing your company efficiently? How's your messaging? What responses are you getting? How did you get your last 10 purchases? Was that effective? Is that still a good lead source? When we look at those internal steps that we're actually taking, the money will follow. Yeah, I agree with you. I think there's an equal sign in front of that. We always teach a formula and we have a little formula where we talk about creating distinctive value times your distribution. How do you share that value in the marketplace equals R your revenue or W your wealth, however you want to characterize it. Don't focus on that. Focus on the process that gets you that. You're not focused on, hey, I want to lose 20 pounds and okay, 20 pounds is the end result. Focus on I'm getting up. I'm going to go exercise. I'm going to go walk my 10,000 steps before I go to work today. To your point, again, how committed are you? Do you really want this goal? And then are you really willing to pay the price to get it? If you are, well, then it's there. The solution's there. Yeah. Process equals results, right? Yeah, exactly. And then we employ little techniques, things like habit stacking, for example, is a great practical technique to help you build new habits. So if the first thing you do in the morning is get up and make coffee and you want to include that 10,000 step goal into your morning routine, make coffee, that's your trigger. Then the habit that you stack on is once you hit the button on the coffee maker, you go take your walk. So that established habit, making the coffee, will now be the trigger to do the new habit. So that's, that's one of the strategies that yeah. we implement to help make that easier on our brains. Because when we're talking about changes, our brain hates change. Our yeah. brain wants <laughs> us to stay the same. So that's why when you're trying to make changes, you need all this extra support because your brain's fighting against you. So to gain the momentum, it's even physics. To gain momentum, you've got to add extra, you got to add extra oomph, extra energy to create that extra momentum. That's where all that support and stuff comes in. Because when you're making changes, it requires a change and an addition of extra energy, extra support to make sure that you're able to make those changes. Oh, really good insight. Really good insight, Connie. Last question for you. You were recently selected to attend a fellowship program for social impact entrepreneurs in Costa Rica. Tell me about that. What was that like for you? And what did you take away from it? Oh, this was an amazing program. The University of Pennsylvania runs Global Social Impact House, and they do these fairly regularly. We did have absolutely the best group, of course. They chose 25 people. 21 of us were able to accept social impact entrepreneurs from all around the world. We converged together in Costa Rica. You had me at Costa Rica in February. You add on social impact, entrepreneurship, and the University of Pennsylvania, and it's literally everything that lights me up like a Christmas tree. And we had the honor to spend a week together really working on our organizations and our businesses, really focusing on what impact we want to make and how we're going to get there. Costa Rica is amazing. University of Pennsylvania is amazing. I think the best takeaways from this this experience are the connections and the people. We bonded in a very, very authentic and real way. And we just all were able to receive and give support to one another in a way that is incredible. And we're all going back out into the world to continue our missions, to continue to make impact in the world. We're working on some new initiatives as well. There is a podcast in the works based on our cohort and others. And what we really want to do is magnify this impact. And we're going to do that on the podcast through telling our stories. Because what we found is, even though we were all from dramatically different backgrounds, 
dramatically different places in the world, dramatically different stories. Our stories and really our traumas are what led us to wanting to do this social impact work and wanting to do good work in the world. And that's really where the value is, is in sharing how we got to the work and why we're doing what we're doing. Again, it's those steps that are really the educative and informative piece. And that's what we're looking to share and continue as we continue to all go out into the world and really share the amazing things that everyone on this cohort was doing. Is Awesome. Connie, this has been awesome. What's the best way for people to find you? My website is there. It's convenient, fullflavorleadership.com. I'm also on LinkedIn and Facebook. Very easy to find. Sounds good. We'll put all that information into the show notes. So if you're looking to not only grow your business, but find spicy, savory satisfaction, all that you do, Connie's the person to contact. Connie, this has been a treat. Lots of great value here. Lots of good insights for our audience. Thank you so much for being our guest today. Thank you so much for having me. So much fun. This podcast is created and associated with Summit Media. My executive producer is Beth Smith and director of research, Tori Smith. The fee for the show is that you share it with friends when you find something useful or interesting. This podcast is subject to copyright by Summit Media. Goodbye.